Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video source so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-host Kira Jade Opitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weird Kid Video. No business. No business. No, there's no business of any kind. But we business? need business. No business. <laughs> we need business. Uh, well, just new business. Okay. We're not going to do old business. It's pretty new. It's new business. This week, we're unwrapping our favorite movies and TV from 2022. This is the Weird Kid Christmas special. It's not, Christmas. We're not recapping. Joy to the world. No. <laughs> no. the red nose reindeer. So we're going to talk through the movies that we loved of this year, yeah. which modern movies, movies mm-hmm. from the year 2022. Yep. To not movies we've seen this year. Not movies, movies that we've came seen out this, year. this year. Movies that came out this year. I, I'm just making that very clear reviewed, before people. I reviewed all the movies that came out this year and it turns out I have enough to make a list, but I also have to include in that honorable mentions and things that I didn't like for good reasons. Uh, I liked for bad reasons. I barely had enough to make a list. Okay. <laughs> I've seen lots of so, movies this year. So I think it's pretty clear that I'm going to go last. <laughs> yeah, I think it's best that we do it that way otherwise. So who's going first? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. We're very worried about your list. <laughs> okay. So uh, I don't know how to start this, but I'll start with- I'm going from, I have a, so I will just say, I have a top nine. Okay. And I'm going from nine to one. But if yours aren't ranked, that's also fine. I don't have They don't need to be ranked. ranked. <laughs> well, don't need to be ranked. Well, I, just I can't wanna... suddenly rank. <laughs> okay, don't worry about rank then. You may hate this, but I just want to check in with three movies that are kind of honorable mentions because I haven't seen them, but I just want to like see if you guys have. Sure. Ah, 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 the Indian movie that kind of went, the Bollywood movie that went Went viral, yeah. yeah. I made about 20 minutes. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, interesting. Not because I didn't... I understand why that movie went viral. Mm. It is very joyful and it is of a, a kind of like just pure heart on the sleeve cinema, right? Okay. The entire thing. It just... It goes for like three hours and I was just like, I don't know if I can sit through three hours of this. Okay. So it may... And maybe one day I will eventually come back to it, but I just couldn't... Okay. I, I just wasn't... I knew I wasn't going to make it. All right. It's very stylized. Yeah. Like, stylized in a way that movies aren't stylized It seems anymore. cool, but I don't think I could get through it either. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a, there was a guy fighting a tiger and yeah. it was it was a guy funny. where they get, use a truck to throw a bunch of different animals on people. Yeah, and I thought that also, was kind of cool. Yeah. Also, it's just not my style of thing. Yeah. Okay. Just not. Avatar, the new Avatar. I I haven't seen it yet, but Avatar- well, it hasn't opened yet. But it's coming out this year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It comes yeah, out it comes on like out. the 15th or something. Yeah. It yeah. comes out. Yeah. Um, I will be seeing it because despite all the hate that Avatar gets about it being a cliched story and all that, and like, it's only cool. Cause like they did 3d blah, 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 blah. I fucking love that. I love being taken to another world and just being like having all this world building. I'm seeing it for my work Christmas party this year. Yeah. Mad. I will have seen it by the time this episode comes out, but I will be seeing it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so keen for it. I'm going to see gold out. class. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Dope. I haven't. Cursory interest because it's James Cameron. Yeah. Right. And because James Cameron pushes the medium of film like almost no other person has. I agree. He's a pioneer. Yeah. I have very little interest in the story of of Avatar. But I don't think the story is necessarily what's great about it. I love the world building and I just, 
I love being back in that world and seeing the adventure in that world. I'm glad that basically he is taking Fox and now Disney to the cleaners to do whatever the fuck that he yeah, wants to true. do. Yeah, true. That is dope. <laughs> Last one I will, uh, my honourable mentions, because I've been meaning to watch it and I bet it's on your list, uh, Massive Talent. No. Interesting. Didn't the Nick Cage it. one? Oh, I don't care. No, okay. No, just I, We've talked about Nick Cage before on the podcast. I find him, I love, I respect Nick Cage, Nick Cage greatly as an artist. I find him on screen sometimes just incredibly hard to watch and I just don't have an interest in that movie. I, I feel like it's it would be incredibly fun and I apologize that for the people who loved it and I don't get to talk about it because I really should, I reckon it, w- it would be a great movie and I should talk about it. But other than that, let's move on to my actual list. Let's do it. Mm, okay. List. Down at the very bottom are movies that are terrible, but I love them because they're so terrible. You can probably know that I like terrible movies by the way I rate terrible movies on this, <laughs> on this podcast. Yes. Um, so the worst of the worst, or my favorite, depending on how you look at this list, is Moonfall. I did not know how to take this movie. Kian knows. I messaged him and asked him yeah, about this movie. conversation about this movie. Because it was like, is this movie a parody? Like, I, it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad that I could not, for the life of me, feel like they were making this in a straight way. That's a serious movie, isn't it? Well, no. like it's yes it's like no. a tongue-in-cheek serious action movie, like it's 2012. Also, it's it, like a 2012 movie. You right. know what I mean? no, 2012 is such a different thing. But like, so okay, so Moonfall is directed by Roland Emmerich, who made yeah. Independence Day, and yeah. then has made his career on making big budget disaster movies, yeah. often with a science fiction element. Right? Yes, Moonfall is so fucking dumb. It's so <laughs> bad, like, and so dumb, so dumb that I turned it off. I did not finish Moonfall. <laughs> I was so I was. It's I, it also was a big joke the whole time. I was also, laughing the whole way through. Unfortunately for me, it falls into the category of dumb movies that are so dumb that they are also in terribly incompetently made. Like yeah. there is just no care for it. It's different when, if they had set out to make a big dumb science fiction movie that has a ridiculous premise and they knew that that's what they were doing. Right. And they had a, like a, even a slightly halfway decent script and they gave a fuck about it, about anything. Yeah. Then I might be on board with that movie. Cause I love a big dumb science fiction movie. That movie is so dumb. There, there is a point in this movie, Kira, where they're- The moon is not what we seem. What no, it seems. no, 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 no. They're, where they're me, building man. a rocket to get to the moon and then one thing goes wrong and Halle Berry, who's one of the main actors in this, goes on the loudspeaker to all of NASA or whoever's building the rocket going, that's it, we're done, we can't make it. Everyone go home, spend your last minutes with your family. And as soon as everyone's gone, they go, oh, we fixed the problem. <laughs> And they don't call everyone back. They just go. They just go. Like, they didn't need all those fucking people. Yeah. It's the fucking weirdest, dumbest thing ever. And then as soon as the two people that can that helped them fix the rocket are done, they immediately get killed. It's fucking so... It's hilarious. It really is hilarious. Let's move on. Okay. We can't do, we can't do 10 minutes on every one of okay. these fucking movies. And now, for pretty much the same reasons, Doctor Strange, Secrets of Dumbledore, and Jurassic World Domination. All... Terrible movies that are just roller coasters and have terrible plots, things that don't make sense, rules that don't make sense. But I had a ball watching them just because they are like Secrets of Dumbledore, not really. I don't even remember what happened in that movie. So that's kind of just boring, but I need to round out a list. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Strange and Jurassic World Domination were just those roller coaster movies that are 
Really bad, but fun to watch. I did not. I only made it through like 40 minutes of one of those movies. Yeah, world domination. Yeah, Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah. I fast forwarded through the rest of the movie to like look at some dinosaurs. Oh, world dominion. Sorry. Yeah. Dominion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You made through more of that than I thought you would actually. Yeah. Even doing 40 minutes. Oh, I liked, there was one thing I liked. I liked the chase, the the early chase through the, through, is it Morocco? Yes. I liked that chase. There is some. that's kind of interesting. I wish the whole movie was like this. And then they just went to another fucking park. There are some quality elements to it, but there are also terrible They're things to it. Bad, bad movies. Um, so first movie that you actually liked? Yeah. Can we talk about good movies? Well, no, no, we no. don't generally well, talk about movies we well, didn't like on the podcast. I'm moving. Well, I did like those movies. Okay. I really enjoyed them. Okay. But like, I also, you also know, just know that they're, they're trash. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, now, middle of the road movies, and I've listed these because, like, these are movies that are a certain genre that I really appreciate are still existing. Is your list just a list of every movie you've seen in different categories? No. Okay. <laughs> kind of, but no. So there are movies that came out this year that you saw that you didn't like that are not going to make it onto this list? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. But I'm I, just making sure you understood what a list of your top movies. I just want to make sure that you understood this. Don't well, just list all the movies you saw. I'm getting, getting to my top movies, but I'm I'm more appreciating movies that I've seen that aren't really necessary that you could call my favorite movies. Okay. Yeah. So I will just list death. This on the is Nile. meant to be your four star and five star movies of the year. Yeah. In case it was unclear. Okay. Okay, well, I'll drop that then. I was just saying, like, I like... You can. It's just that we did, like, this is meant to be a shorter episode than Okay. Normal. Well, fuck that then. Okay. I will get on to my top six movies of the year. That's, okay. that's, that's, that's what, what we, we wanted. wanted. Okay. Six, The Bubble. We're almost at the nest. That sounds like a baby crying for its mama. I just love that comedy. It was a nice little take on putting people in a small space. And I just like those people. I know it's terrible. And it's another one of those movies that is terrible, but I liked watching it. Okay. I've never heard of this movie. It's bad, but it's, I just fucking really enjoyed it. Is anybody I know in it? It's the people, you know, it's the people that are in that movie that actually make it funny. I don't know who's in it. Who's in it? Um, oh God, I don't know any of their names. <laughs> this is terrible of me, but it, it's but a funny But you liked movie. it. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm guessing I'm not going to be allowed to see it based on the look on Keen's face. You, you can do whatever <laughs> the fuck you want in your own free time. Now, and the next two movies you're probably going to feel the same about. Sure. Just I, so I don't you know, know if anything can make me feel like, I like I've kept my mouth shut about the bubble, but continue. Okay. <laughs> now, Bullet Train. Hi. There's a gun on it's the quiet car. Got to use your small inside voice in here, son. There's a gun. God. Bullet Train is a movie that I just really enjoyed. It had aspects of it that were cool. It had aspects of it that weren't cool. But it was really, really fun to just see... What's that look about? <laughs> is that the movie that you said that it would yep, be on his list? it is list? the movie I yeah. said yeah. would be on his list. And I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely enjoyed it. It's one of those ones that is a roller coaster movie, but I also just, I was watching it with Ellie. We were laughing the whole time. Like Brad Pitt seeing someone die and being like, oh, you okay? Can I get you a glass of water? 
is there anything that I can do? Just like genuinely trying to care for someone that he's ended up killing. It was just one of those things that was so funny and ridiculous. Yeah. Did he offer water to a dead man? No, like someone was dying of a poison and he oh, was okay. like being very concerned. <laughs> For someone who hasn't seen the movie, that sentence made no sense. Yeah, it was It was just like funny I was imagining like a much that. more interesting movie where Brad Pitt is offering water to a dead man. And, and also yeah. Brad Pitt also said a line that is like from my soul okay. where he's just like, I'm over this, man. I just want to get off this train and go spend time in a Zen garden. And, like, that's how I fucking feel about life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't like Bullet Train. but I, I, And I we under- discussed why. But I would understand I understand why people liked it. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't for me. I found, it, found the movie kind of charming to begin with. I think it, for me, it overstayed it's welcome with trying to be clever and ended yeah. up being too kind of like try hardy. The and last then, act is And not then good. just went into like, like cartoony bullshit where I just wanted a good straight action movie on a train. But the character, the little character niches and they were a bit over the top, but they were fun. I feel like the characters were all extremely, here is my one thing. And yeah, I'm going to say were, my but one I thing that. the entire movie. And I, I it's the that. only thing I've got. I went into that movie with very low expectations. The movie started to charm me. The movie was winning me over, and then the movie shit the bed for yeah. me. Like and the, I understand I like, where yeah. and how it But did I also that. understand that it's just a type of entertainment that I'm just not interested in, yeah. right? So, yeah, like I get why people More like power it. More like And it. now yeah. the final ones of the movies that I know were active, like objectively bad, but I love. Thor, Love and Thunder. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking. Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. It is so bad, but so good. It is just like the epitome of like, oh, I'm eating cake. Oh, I'm going to eat the whole cake. Oh, okay. And it's just doubles down on how bad it is on so many angles. And it, it just does not give a fuck. And it just throws everything at the wall. Now, I know we can't really discuss those ones because you guys aren't, aren't a fan of those movies. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would be a fan. I mean, I know I wouldn't be. No, but you definitely, you 100% wouldn't. Yeah. But it's a fun romp for the so, sake of a fun romp. To give you a comparison. There's elements of Thor's, of other Thor movies that I have enjoyed. So it's possible like, that I would This enjoy. is a Here's strong thing departure, is, even from the Ragnarok, even from the Ragnarok. good one. So oh, yeah. Ragnarok made me laugh. Yeah. I didn't care for any of the rest of it, but it, there were some jokes in it that made, that made, made me laugh. So this is taking that the was, I think that was the last Ra- Marvel movie I saw. Yeah. So this takes Ragnarok's kookiness and kind of dials it up to 11 a little bit. Okay. Now we get into my top three real fucking good movies. These are the best three movies that came out this year. I don't care what you say. <laughs> good fucking luck. Prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. Mamoy Nita. Prey was like what Predator should have been the whole fucking time. Like, I love the original Predator, but Prey is just wild. Prey has like strong female characters. It does, it does uh, uh, First Nations people well. 
It has a strong idea of what it would have been like to be in that fear. It has an element of that Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he just like went through hard times and tried to fucking kill that one person. The Revenant. The Revenant. Thank you. I'm terrible with names. It has elements of just like being kicked the shit out of over and over and over again and just like going on to achieve something. You know what I mean? And actually... You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, I love it. It was on my list. Yeah, he's going to steal my whole it. list. No. no, he's not because I know what his next movie is. Is it not what I think no, it is? Okay. <laughs> so are you guys going to hold on what you're going to say for Pray for your list? I think, yeah, I'm just going to say that I also liked that movie and it was on my list and I'll just brush past it when I get to it on my list. Okay. The Woman King. An evil is coming that threatens our kingdom, our freedom. But we have a weapon. They are not prepared for. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I haven't seen that. I've seen, seen that poster yeah. and stuff. Yeah. This is the other movie I predicted would be on your list. Yeah, but, like, I had such a like strong reaction to that movie. And then I fucking left that movie and I was like, what the fuck? That was sick. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it was just like had really amazing action and even the points that weren't too choreographed or strong, they were like chaotic for in good ways. Okay. I don't know if you want to give me, if you want me to get into like what happens in the movie at all. No. So here's the thing is you mentioned in this movie to me that you had seen it and I had not seen it. I had yeah. never even heard of it. So because I am the curious person that I am, I went and looked to see what the movie was and I was like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. And oh, it's based on a true story. That's in that's interesting too. Is it? Yes. Oh. So I looked at, so what I did was I looked at both Letterboxd and so I will read reviews of people that I follow on Letterboxd yeah. that, that have seen the movie. And what I saw that there was two types of reviews. There was people that fucking loved it like you did. And then there was people that were like, they have left out something very important from the true story. What's that? The fact that the tribe that it's about were responsible for slaving other tribes and, se- well, and they selling, didn't really and leave selling. that out. Well, and well, so in the movie they posit that that's going to come to an end, and that wouldn't come to an Ooh. end. That wouldn't come to an end for almost another hundred something years. Yeah, no. So they've well, left out. So what they've done is they've turned. They've turned. So I don't I haven't seen the movie. Right? No, so this isn't judgment. This is yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. This is just like the thing that made me go. It made me lose interest in the movie. Right. Yeah. Is that they took a historical story they left a bunch of stuff out to turn people that were perhaps a little bit more complicated yeah. into PG-13 it's heroes. definitely not PG-13. That movie's rated PG-13. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is like- Like I they've toned I feel it. like that's- What I'm saying is that they've softened all the rough edges off, off of a com- more complex story. Yeah, sure. In order to create heroes that fit the moment of 2022 that are not realistic to the actual historical situation. Now, I don't think every movie needs to be a do- to, needs to be a documentary. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't that doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is that is that I would just rather see the warts and all version of that story. Yeah. Look, there is if I think a warts and all version of that story is a documentary. And that but movie, then, but then why pick a, a historical moment? Why not pick? That's true. Why not create a? Why not create a story of fiction? I, I feel like that story, if it is true, that's wild. 
Ellie and I, when we saw it, had no idea it was a true story. We just thought we were living Mm. in a world in that point of time. What do you got got next? And I won't talk very much about this one because I think it's going to be across everyone's list because it's hands down the best film that came out this year. Everything, everywhere, all at once. (laughs) This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now, you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. What's happening? And all I will say is that movie broke my world for what can be a successful movie in this this year. I was I prepared a list. I wasn't really prepared to talk about him, so I hope I did okay, <laughs> oh, guys. Yeah. Good, yeah, it's good conversation. It's different, but you don't know because we this is not normally what we do on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Milady. As mentioned earlier, uh, I haven't seen a lot of movies this year that came out this year. Sure. Because I've been watching movies for the podcast and I've been watching movies that Kim puts in front of me, which tend to not be movies from this year. And also, like, we edit for jobs as well, so we don't always want to watch movies. I mean, that's not true. And Kim always wants to watch movies. (laughs) Doesn't matter. For me, that's a thing. Okay. I don't have that problem ever. (laughs) I do have an attention span problem slash a going to bed early problem because I get up early problem. But regardless, haven't seen a lot of movies this year. So I don't know whether these are technically four and five movies for me but if i only of did the four, movies that you saw this is the ones that are yeah. if we if we only had favorite movies of all time i would have one movie on my list oh yeah fair so. enough. Well, that's, why, that's why i said four as well yeah. you can put a three and a half on there mm. three and a half is fine these I are the movies movie. that i watched this year that i enjoyed okay cool uh they are not in any particular order other than the fact that my number one movie is also everything everywhere all at once and mm. i would be surprised if it's not keen yeah <laughs> i'm gonna start with halloween ends It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. I saw him watching me. You pretend like you moved on, but you're actually just obsessed with death. What are you going to do? Because it was the one I saw most recently. Nice. Of these movies. It was great. Yeah? Because I didn't really like the one before this one. Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills was not a great time. I was pleasantly surprised that this one was actually fantastic and the characters were great and the storyline was great and I'm not going to spoil it Just because I don't know whether you have seen it. I have not seen it. I Everything I heard about this movie was like they took it in a way that was fucking terrible and took it away from what this movie is. And I know you've said to me before that's like that's kind of cool what they did with this movie, but I'm wondering what you thought of it. I loved it. It was a yeah? great time. But like the departure from what Michael is and that? We've had a lot of Michael movies. Yeah, like- that's true. And it's not like he's not in it. It's not the same as Halloween season of the witch where it's like, you expect there to be a Michael Myers in there and there's no Michael Myers. It's not even about that. It's like, this is still in that universe. We've still got those characters. Michael Myers is in this movie. I liked it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a good time. Is it on the scale of Halloween movies? 
I don't have a scale of Halloween movies. <laughs> um, it's one of the ones that I like. Okay. But I don't think there's many that I didn't like. As we have discussed, you've seen the first couple and you haven't seen the whole middle. Yeah. And then you came back in from the, the 90s. Well, the 90s and then yeah. forwards. So, yeah, so it's kind of Of complex. the ones that I have seen, I have liked them all except for the one before this one, which was Halloween Kills. Just worried that your list is basically just going to be my That's list. That's what I because, just thought as well. Because essentially you watch movies that I have. Yeah, okay. That I Second put in movie front of you that guys watch movies together. <laughs> watch movies together. <laughs> Second movie that I'm going to put on this list is going to be Chippendale Rescue Rangers. What's the first thing that pops into your head when I say Chippendale? I bet it's these guys. But certainly the second would be those rascally cartoon chipmunks, Chip and Dale. What if I did something like... I am into nuts. <laughs> good, good. I love it. Great stuff. What? There's a <laughs> new a Chip, Chip and Dale movie? Chip and Dale movie. And it's good? One of them has had 3D surgery. 3D surgery? So yeah, so he's computer animated So now. he's computer oh animated, but the other one is still 2D. Oh, poor 2D. He's happy. He's fine. He wanted oh, okay. to be 2D. <laughs> This is and an so interesting movie. <laughs> is it about is it about being different but the same? I mean, no, not no. really. It's about <laughs> okay. it's about them getting the band back together and solving a crime. Solving a crime. Oh, I saw the shorts for this. Yeah, it looks like a silly. Good it was time. It, a, was, it was a silly good time. It's mm. a meta movie where Chippendale Rescue Rangers was a TV show on the Disney. Yeah, like the Disney that's cartoon. mad. And then this is them later getting into all kinds of hijinks, solving, solving a crime. That's very cool. This is not now, it's not on my list, but it is like right at the edge of my list wow. because I also loved this movie. It was in a fact, good time. I watched this movie and then the next night showed it to Kira. Wow. Because I had a good time. That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't think that both of you would be so into Chip and Dale. <laughs> I used to watch the cartoon when I was a kid. I was the right age for that cartoon. And, Were we not? And, and DuckTales and... I watched all of those. Yeah, so I was a little bit older, but I still watched that watched that stuff. That stuff yeah. is from the 90s. Yeah, right. right? So so it still would have been playing when we... Still would have been, still right would have been playing, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I saw when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, that looks fun. That, okay. looks, that looks interesting. And then, yeah, I, I checked it out. And also it only runs like, barely runs 90 minutes. So, yeah, man. Yeah. It was a good time. I'm going to remove Prey from my list because we just had that conversation and replace it. But how do you how do you feel about it? Do you I feel like I touched that on that question? The, yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. It was a good movie for all the reasons that you said it was a good yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. I'm not as big a Predator person. Like I've seen uh, I've seen Predator. I don't think I've seen the sequels. I think you've seen Predator and The Predator. Right, yeah. So you've so seen the original Schwarzenegger movie and you've Adrian seen the- Brody one. No, yeah. not Predators. Oh. The Predator, which is the Shane Black Oh, right, yeah, that makes sense. Movie, yeah. I love Shane Black. It's only a couple of years old, man. What happened The fact that, that you've forgotten it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I liked, I liked Prey, but because we've already had that conversation, I'm going to replace it cool. with Scream.
which is also a good movie. Oh, fuck. I never saw that. Yeah. It was a good time. Oh. I always like a good Scream movie. It was very meta, wasn't it? I mean, Scream is very it, meta. That's kind of. Yeah, but like meta <laughs> on top of meta. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's, that's yeah, kind of. That is its bit. That's, that's its bit. Have yeah. you seen a Scream movie? It's meta. Yeah, true. <laughs> I had a good time with that. There's another one coming, isn't there? Yes. Yes, and I'm looking forward to that. And she's coming back, isn't she? She wasn't going to? No. And, oh, she changed her mind again? No, no, Neff Campbell in the next one. Ah. <laughs> that face. What is that face? They wouldn't, they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't give her that, that, that bag that uh, she wanted. Yeah, it, was a, it was a good time. I don't know how to talk about it without spoiling it, and I think you should watch the movie. So. Okay. Um, it's okay. It was a good time. Ken's going to have more to say. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You were here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. Yeah, that's a lot Surprising. of people. This is an example one. of a movie that would not make it onto this list if I had seen more movies because I hate Tom Cruise. But really? I hate Tom Cruise. Everyone fucking loves this movie, and I haven't seen it. And I'm like, what is with this movie that makes it everyone's most amazing movie? It's really good, and it lives up to its hype. It's weird. It's weird for a movie to live up to its hype. Exactly. That's why it's good. Crazy. <laughs> My hatred for Tom Cruise runs pretty deep, so I don't want to talk about it too much, and I'm sure Kian has it on his list. Um, <laughs> but oh, no comment at this time. <laughs> but Spoilers, as man. a result of this movie existing, I also saw Top Gun. And, nice. And I, and, and I quite enjoyed that too. But you yeah, it was first or after? Yeah, first, because Kian wouldn't yeah, have let smart. me see so Maverick without seeing Top Gun. I, think we, I also think we may have talked about this on the podcast and then it got cut out, but if it didn't, I'm just repeating it myself. So... We were sitting down to watch Top Gun Maverick. I asked her if she remembered much about Top Gun. She was like, no. We put on a recap video of Top Gun. And 30 seconds into yep. it, she was like, I've never seen Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how then, you can forget seeing because the image is Because the imagery is so. Yeah, because yeah. I'd seen enough parts of it. And there's it, so many and so many parodies of it. Yeah, right? right. And so we watched Top Gun one night and then Maverick the next. Yeah, nice. That's nice. Yeah. So I did I did enjoy it. I, I the, the stunts were cool. Tom Cruise didn't annoy me as much as he does in life. but <laughs> <laughs> He never does. Yeah. No, he does. No, but like as much in life. Oh, he's a no, good never, movie star. Yeah, he's never as annoying in movies as he is in real life. Yeah. But there are movies where I can't get past the Tom Cruise of it all. In this one, I was able to get past the Tom Cruise of it all because it was a good movie. Is it just me? Or do you, Ken, do you secretly love the Tom Cruise of it all? No. Really? No. I, in life, hate Tom Cruise, can't get into his personality at all. But like when he's real Tom Cruise in movies, I'm like, I kind of love this. I'll save my comment. I like that he does his own stunts. I like that he's the guy that will learn how to fly a plane or whatever. Like I, I, that is a good trait for a movie star. More movie stars should want to do their own stunts. I I think it's a good time. I feel like it blows out budgets unnecessarily. Yeah, but it also makes means that he because he has that that, movie's still playing in cinemas. And because he has that because he has that star quality because he's Tom Cruise because he wants to do his own stunts. Mm. It also kind of forces studios to do shit for real because Tom Cruise wants to do shit for real. 
That's very true. And we all love our practical stunts here at Weaker Video. So That's very true. So that is a is a plus to the Tom Cruise of it all. Oh. That that side of the Tom Cruise of it all I approve of. Yeah, true. I will save my comments for later. Yeah. <laughs> right. Keen's got essays on all of his movies. Yeah, I'm very interested. I wish I prepared more to say about the movies that I had. These are just my, my yeah. I don't, it's only, well, what, I've only got like, what, yeah, two, compared, pages? compared to. And my favourite movie of the year and the only movie that would actually make it onto my number five list is, of course, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was fantastic. Uh, Carrick, characters were amazing. Concept was amazing. Just the way it was made was, it's like low budget, but doesn't Saint feel it? It's was like, it, was it? like such a left field like gut punch for what the fuck is this movie when you saw it like it so took me by surprise yeah but I did know that it was gonna do that yeah I just didn't, I didn't know believe, how it was gonna do that I'm probably the same with Maverick like I didn't believe it was gonna be as good as yeah. what I thought it because it everything's like a, because we live in a society where everything's the best thing that's ever happened yeah or right? the worst thing that's ever happened yeah. there's no in between yeah so therefore when the best thing literally actually happens, hyperbole literally hyperbole so when then when the best thing actually does happen nobody fucking believes it yeah and I hadn't heard of this movie other than through Kean yeah. but Kean's reaction and his insistence no you are seeing this movie yeah so was enough for me to go okay so this is gonna blow my mind yeah I saw this on my own at the movies and then came home and was like, no, you were going to see this movie at the movies. Like yeah. we are going to see, you were going to go experience this in the cinema. Oh, yeah. So wild. I knew that it was going to be wild and I knew that it was going to be, going to be a little bit crazy. I don't know exactly how much I knew. Yeah. I think maybe you'd seen a trailer. I, don't I know. definitely seen a trailer because I now remember that I had seen a trailer, but yeah, it was, it was just, it's just so good. The characters are so good. Everything is so good. You know how there's you no think, complaints about that movie. You know how like when you share a movie with someone who isn't into movie culture as much as we are, and you think it might be too much of a movie for someone. You yeah. know, it might be too especially that movie. I don't know how to describe it, but it's too the, much of a movie. It's the most movie. I don't yeah. have a lot of friends that aren't like us. Yeah. <laughs> but like. Ellie is not as movie focused as us. She knows a good movie when she watches it. But like, I was worried that when we're watching the movie, she wasn't going to get into it. Cause it was like, there was some concepts in there where it's just like, if you're not a movie watcher, you might be like, meh, but Ellie fucking loved it. And as far as I can tell, everyone in the world was just like, this movie is the fucking most moviest movie of all movies. That's because it's yeah. fantastic. Every, uh, it's, there's nothing to not like about this movie. And I movie. don't <laughs> understand how that had its cultural moment. It was fleeting, but it had its cultural moment. The thing that thing of people that don't like it is it's too much for them. Is, is this too much going on? I didn't and even know there was people who didn't like yeah, it. I didn't Absolutely. know there was people that didn't and, like it either. And, there, and it is. So for some people it's too much. And I can understand it being too much. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, is, it, is it my turn now? Yes. Okay. yes it is. I'm very excited. Uh, everybody stra back. strap the fuck in. Should we strap in for <laughs> for like being information heavy or can we interact? You Do can we, interact. Okay, okay. You can talk. Can we, okay, can I, just, can I, I want to know if this is a lecture, Professor. No, it's okay. not a lecture. So there is a little bit of math at the beginning. Okay. Oh, God, no. There is some white math <laughs> at the beginning. So this was a strange year for me in terms of movies. Looking at my list, I realized that because of the podcast, <laughs> yeah, because of the podcast and because of how much time the, the podcast takes out of my life in the best way, it, I spent a lot less of this year searching for obscure movies mm. or underappreciated movies. I spent less time on the fringes of what is happening in, in cinema. One thing I did notice, the French got real good at action movies. 
Interesting. While nobody was paying attention. Okay. Now, there isn't a movie from this year that is on my list. There's a French action movie. But while nobody was paying attention, the French got really good at practical, low-budget action movies. Honorable mention? No, no, no. Well, it's not a movie from this year. Oh, it's a Netflix movie called Lost Bullet. Lost Bullet, okay. Yeah, and there's a sequel that came out this year, but I didn't get to the sequel. Like, when I looked at my list of movies that I saw this year, I had a little panic. <laughs> like, fuck, do Same. I try and watch as many movies as I can in the next three days because I looked at my list of movies I wanted to see this year and even from like things that are a little bit more mainstream I didn't see as much as I as I thought I did still see more new movies this year than I did last year huh. but there's also way more movies this year so yeah, well there was a bit of a lull in the last two years because, because of, of the COVID. pandemic mm. yeah so I feel like my picks this year are a little bit basic Compared okay. to what I would normally pick. It's going to be okay. No, it's, I'm just laying out. <laughs> I know, my, you just you got, you got some panic in your eyes no, about okay. your list. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just kind of annoyed for myself for not finding the time to look for things that are a little bit more left to field. Sure. Fair enough. I feel like like between streaming is a very digestible animal mm. in, the, in terms of filmmaking. So it's really easy to just go and look through the streaming services and we have lots of them and then just pick whatever is put in front of you. And that's not normally how I ingest movies. I usually yeah. search things out a little bit more and I didn't do that as much this year and so I'm going to make an effort you, next year. You make a conscious decision to be an active movie watcher. And as opposed to being a passive. Instead of being passive watching. and just taking what is put in front, put in yeah. front of me. And I've always been like and I've always I been really like appreciate that. that about you to be honest. So I use Letterboxd to track everything that I watch and I have done so consistently since 2017. Mm. So as of the day of our recording, with under a month left to go in the year, I have watched 239 movies this year. Well done. Yes, yeah, I'm not on track to beat what I did. I'm not on track to beat what I did last year. Have you ever done a movie a day? Uh, I think when I was younger, I mean, when I was younger, I used to go to the video store, hire five movies, watch five movies, go to the video store, hire five yes, movies. Like I would same. do that two or three that. times a week and I can't do that anymore. Yeah. This year... 27,598 movies have been released. What? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? How many? 27,598 movies. Oh, have right. Been so, the, so, me Googling movies released in 2022 and scrolling through so I knew which ones I saw probably wasn't enough. No. <laughs> it's insane. It's too many movies. Because of streaming, there is now so much content that it is so impossible to keep up. It's just insane. I kind of love that. I. I mean, it means there's something for everybody. And it also, but it also lowers means the bar for entry as well. Yeah, but the bar's real low. Yeah, but that kind of can be a good thing. No. The, it's disruption and disruption, although mostly negative, can be positive. Yeah, okay, but we don't have museums filled with, with finger paintings. Hmm. Like ancient finger paintings. I know you would. So art is still a skill. That needs to be developed and, and nurtured as an art as an art form. Filmmaking is an art that needs mm. to be nurtured and developed as a, as a as an art form. I know I understand that there is there is a economic system that is elitist that we should try to dismantle as much as possible mm. in order for anybody to be able to make a movie. That's that's what I mean. Like we're talking what, about like but what comes, space but for what, IP. But what comes with that? Is is terrible, terrible movies. Yeah, true. Yeah, so it makes it harder to find the good stuff, and it also That's makes true. it also makes it noisier. And then stuff that is good that is not that is not studio system gets drowned out. So yeah. we also just lose lots of art, lots That's of good interesting. art. Interesting. People yeah. never find lots of good art. Mm. The other day we were um, scrolling through Tubi, yeah. and I can confirm that there are movies that are bad. <laughs> that shouldn't, don't need, they don't. Yeah. You Are don't you guys big fans of Chubby? Didn't I don't really use it too movies. much. We just use it for Charles Band movies. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. It's not fun disruption. It's just 
It's just money content. could have been spent on other things. It's content farming. Yeah, okay. Of the 239 movies I watched, 174 were movies not released in 2022. Mm-hmm. So I only watched 64 movies that were released in 2022. I watched that nine. does sound like a low number for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, my list is the amount of new movies I watch this yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, on average, I watch about five movies a week. Wow, my mostly on Saturdays and Sundays, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Are my wow, dude. although I do tend to watch movies. Monday nights a good night for movies for me. That's crazy. Um, my top three genres were action, thriller, and horror. No which surprise. I don't think is no surprise. Yeah, my top three actors were Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, nice, strong. Arnold, strong. And Bill Paxton. Yeah, well okay. done. And you know why Bill Paxton? Because Game Over, man. Because he's in a bunch of Arnold movies. Uh, so sorry, a bunch I of thought you were watched him because he died this year. He died several years ago. Bill Paxton, wasn't it this year? It was not this year. Oh, fuck, man. What am I, where have I been for the last several years? <laughs> My top three directors, meaning movies I watch, watch the most of, and the same for actors, by the way, were George A. Romero, because I watched three of the dead movies and Night Riders uh, <laughs> in the past week. A John Carpenter. Yeah, nice. And David Gordon Green, because I watched all three of his Halloween movies this year. Strong. Uh. Yeah. My top nine movies of 2022. Mm-hmm. My favorite. Is but, this by your letterbox rankings or your choice? Well, yeah, letterbox rankings is how I judge. But like that is my You know judgment. how like your rating can skew a little bit with your personal choices? No, my letterbox rating is my is how I feel. Like okay. it's just how I feel about movies. Okay. For the podcast, I do rate tend to rate a little bit differently. Because sometimes conversation will bump up a movie. Right? Yeah, and like nostalgia effects and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just my straight. I didn't write down what my ratings were for these movies, but these okay. are all my fours and fives. Yeah, right? mad. There might be a three and a half in here, maybe. Uh, Apollo 10 and a half. There's our kid. Mission? For what? We accidentally built the lunar module. A little too small. How'd that happen? Listen, are you good at math? Yeah. Do you get a perfect 100 on every test? No. Okay. We need a kid like you to test this accidentally smaller version on the lunar surface and soon. Stan, you're our only hope. Is that good? That's amazing. Really? Yeah. So Fuck Rich, yeah. Richard Linklater, it's a rotoscoped animation movie. So they shot it all with video and then they animated over the top of it, just like he did with Waking Life. And what is the name of the other one of those? There's two of those movies. I can't remember what the other one is called right now. Uh, I just know that I really liked it's Waking not, Life. Um, oh, Scanner Darkly. Yes. Scanner Darkly, which is really great as well. It's kind of more of a tone poem about, yep. about growing up in Texas. In the in the sixties okay. during the space age, then it is really a movie. There's a lot of monologuing. Oh, I did see that movie. Well, you saw parts of it. It was in the it was on in the room. Yeah. I don't think you sat and watched it. But it's about a kid who gets recruited into the space program. So because not as not in the vein of Skinner Darkly. A little no, bit no, it's more it's more just like a slice of life, like okay. like um coming of age retelling of fictional retelling of Richard Linklater's kind of life. Right. Okay. So it's not really his life, but it's influenced a lot by kids you grew up with and growing sure. up. And it's about a kid that gets recruited into the, to the space program because NASA made a mistake with their measurements and made everything too small. Yeah. Yeah. So charming. And oh, he can't tell all his friends that he's an astronaut yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that he's yeah. going to go into space. It's just so charming. It's just wonderful. It's just yeah, delightful. I remember seeing previews for that. It's on Netflix. Number eight, is something I watched within the past like two or three days. It's Audrey Plaza in Emily the Criminal. So if you had some money, what would you do? I just want to be able to experience things. I just want to be free. Hi, 
I paid 400 and it was never applied to my balance. Sorry, how much uh, interest is being added a month? How are you? I need a real job, just to like pay my loans. Emily, yo, let me uh, hook you up. Get your driver license. In the next hour, you will make 200 cash, but you will have to do something illegal. You won't be in danger, but you will be breaking the law. Yo, you gonna pay for that? Sorry? I said, are you gonna pay for that? My God. Sorry, man. Is that the one where she's playing against uh, the girl from Community, or mm. is that another one? I don't know what that is. Uh, what's so, it called? Emily the Criminal. Emily the Criminal. I so do love me support. It's her being a badass committing credit card fraud to pay off her student loan debts. And it is just great. She just has, she's just a badass in the movie. She just takes no prisoners in that whole fucking movie. And she it's great. is one so, of my swoon girls. Oh yeah. I love Audrey yeah. Plaza as well. So she's, it's a, not a comedic role. There's no, it, there are parts of this movie that are funny, but it's not a comedy. It is a serious movie about the state of America. Very cool. So she's working, she's working a shitty job. She's got student loan debt. She can't get a real job because she has a felony charge that, on her from some, an incident that happened quite a few years ago. Takes time for the movie to tell us what happens. She gets, uh, a phone number from a friend. Friend tells her to text it. She texts it. She goes. She meets a guy. The guy tells her, you can make $200 in an hour. You will have to do something illegal. Yeah, mad. And then the movie just escalates and Fuck escalates. Yeah. And it's great. It's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, Ken showed me the uh, the trailer after he watched it. And yeah, it looks like it's a good time. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't I watched it yet. Ooh, I, I, just I watched feel the like trailer. that's going to be my Sunday night watch. Kimmy? Kimmy? I'm here. What time is it? It's 7.26 a.m. Kimmy? I'm here. Call oh, Dr. Burns. I got her. What do you want from me? Kimmy? I'm here. Why don't you run from me? Call Darius. Hey, hotness! Wow. What are you wondering? Why do you know? Kimmy? I'm here. Reopen last stream on desktop. I need more kitchen paper. Open yesterday's stream. Also on Netflix. Oh, I've seen trailers for that. So What's it about? Steven Soderbergh and screenwriter David Kep remixing the conversation and rear window into an 89 minute pandemic set thriller with Zoe Kravitz. What? Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> it is. It's Steven Soderbergh remixing Francis Ford Coppola's The Conversation. Not Africa. actually. No. <laughs> okay. Just, take, just taking the thematic elements of those things. Uh, and I was going to say, that might be a heavy watch for me. <laughs> taking the thematic elements of those things and making yeah. something new out of it. <laughs> so Zoe Kravitz is a, is a, she's a technician for a Amazon slash Google-like company that has yeah. a home device that listens to you, like a Siri or an yeah. Alexa, where things go, where they could, the Alexa or whatever their equivalent of, couldn't figure out what the person was trying to say. Sure. What she does is she listens to those recordings and then teaches teaches the machine what it was that it was saying. And does she hear like something disturbing? She hears something she shouldn't hear. Ah. But it's also said during the pandemic. Fuck yeah. So COVID is like at play in this 
In Fuck this. yeah. Okay. And she's got all kinds of other issues that are going on as well about leaving the house and it's fucking amazing. She got agoraphobia or something. Basically, yeah. Fuck yeah. It's, it's great. It's it super, sounds like a heavy watch, but it's I'm like a 90s, for it. It's funny because it's, like it's like a 90s thriller throwback in that it's yeah. just a tight 90-minute thriller, but it's also taking all those kind of paranoia elements from stuff that Soderbergh obviously loves from the 70s and then remixing them into something new. It's just great. It's just awesome. a good time. Halloween ends. Saw that coming. Number six, yeah. Yeah, find me. I loved it. Like, I don't, like, I don't. <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long. Just fucking find, find Just find me. Just run at me, bro. So <laughs> I, I've said this a few times to people. I did say it to you guys. I, again, I don't remember if we cut it out of the podcast or not. But I think people were upset that this was not the epic conclusion of yeah. Laurie versus Michael they're Myers. Not, they're not fighting it out bare fist kind yeah, of thing. For like 90 minutes. Yeah. Like, that's not what this movie is. And my response to those people is go see Halloween H20 because it already existed 20 yeah. years ago. We already got that movie. That movie already exists. I hated Halloween Kills. Like mm. hated Halloween Kills. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is this movie? This is fucking terrible. But it's the same dude that made this movie and he kept swinging. And for, for me, this swing hit. I just really like that they took it in a different direction. It is very much a love letter to John Carpenter's other movies. Really? It's it's a love letter to Christine. Okay. This is very Chris, this movie's very Christine. Okay. It's just it, it would be a spoiler to to tell you. Okay. But it just feels like something we haven't seen in a Halloween movie before. And for me that that was exciting that was exciting and I loved it. I I loved it. And sure. I love the ending. And Can I Carpenter's ask you guys, score is incredible. Do you think being called Halloween ends? Do you think cuz I know there's a new character that gets introduced as like a Michael-esque character. Do you think that that's going to be moved on or that's done? No, that's the end of that's definitely the end of David Gordon Green's tr- and uh and Danny McBride, who's the other screenwriter. Okay. That's the end of their series. There will be other uh, Halloween movies. Okay. okay like there's okay. no way they don't bring Michael Myers back in the reboot in like three years, four years time. Right. There's sure. no way they're, they're going to keep the character going. Sure. But as sure. a self-contained story, as a, this is the end of Laurie Strode's story from Halloween sure. to Halloween ends in this version of continuity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Halloween's super complicated. It exists over mul- multiple, multiple multiverses. Let's, I don't think it's multiverses. It's just <laughs> continuities. <laughs> Let's not do that. Not Everything that. doesn't need to be yeah, a fucking okay. multiverse. <laughs> okay, true. And I say that as a person whose favorite movie this year has a multiverse in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, can we be done? I think we're done. I think we've reached the end. We'll get to it. When I think I get we reached the pinnacle of multiverses. Yeah. So your number one pick different is di- Doctor Strange. In a different direction. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> At number five. Ooh. Prey. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great, right? It's just amazing. It's just, so Dan Trachtenberg came to prominence from a fan film of Portal that he made. Wow. That got him a feature film. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think I've that? seen that. Yeah, so that got him his first movie. That's he made, amazing. He made 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, right. shit. He's just, he just has a head about him. Yeah. He's the perfect person to take over, to, over Predator. Apparently he pitched this movie to Fox while they were in production of The Predator and they were so blown away by his pitch that they were like, okay, just hold on a minute. Yeah. Because we want to do this. We just need to finish the one that we're doing right now. How long ago was that one? Two or three years, man. That movie's only two or three years. Do you reckon they gave it a little bit of breathing room before Prey? It also just takes time to develop a screenplay. Oh, yeah, true. It does exactly what I think. It's my 
big oh, fucking so good. It's my big eighties tentpole movie continuation ideal. Yeah, which is that you strip away all the legacy. All the bullshit lore. Yeah. This is the problem with fucking Terminator, right? Yeah. They've tried to restart Terminator with, into three different trilogies and mm-hmm. failed every single time. Not to mention the TV show. And the TV show, right? You strip everything back. You take everything back to essentials and you just tell a good story set in that universe. Yeah. And people will come for it because that movie is fucking great. The, the amount of spin-off stories that have just been spitballed on like social media after yeah. seeing Prey. I'm like, I want to see all of these now. Yeah, know, like, right? It's just the best idea. Yeah, I know. The best universe and the best horror monster thing that you can do with well, that. My pitch, Terminator by Gaslight. What do you mean? Terminator Terminator in-, in Steampunk time. Terminator in London in during the same time as Jack the Ripper. Oh, I love that. Right. Like, so you have a, especially with, I know I'm talking about Terminator a lot when I'm talking about, it's Prey, a good, right? it's a good switch. What over I'm though. saying, what I'm saying is, is that, is that you created this, this world, this IP, this franchise, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Mm. And you have limited the hell out of it by telling stories that are only related to its legacy characters. Yeah. John Connor, Predator a little bit is more of a mixed bag, right? You could just do whatever the fuck you want with it. Yeah. You don't have to keep remaking the same movie. You could set, you could take the themes and set it in a completely different way. The reversals, the fact that they do the thing with the mud, right? But yeah. that's not the thing that makes her realize that it can't, that it yeah. can't see her. Yeah. Fuck, so it's it so sets clean. up, it sets up an expectation. My only, I have one small thing with Prey, which is not a complaint, but it's just a thing that's interesting, is the only thing that I think works against it is that we all know what a predator is. Mm. And the main characters have to go through that journey of figuring out what a predator is. And we've already done that. So that's my only But they th- only also thing did it. a nice little tweak where it was an older predator and we were like, ooh, what's, yeah. what's this predator? It's, it's a little different. Yeah. Yep. Um, fuck, it's so good. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those movies that I could I could watch yesterday and then chuck on today. Have you watched the Comanche dub? No, watch that's a good the idea. Dub. It's a totally different feel. Really? That's how I watched it first. Wow, okay. I watched it twice in 24 hours. I watched the Comanche dub version first and then the English version. Last thing on it, do you feel like this is what Alien has been trying to do with its departure from the main story? No, I think that its departure from the main story is mostly Ridley just exploring what it mean, what it means to be human. They made Prometheus. They don't have the actual alien in Prometheus, right? Yeah, Ridley true. actually has no interest in showing the fucking xenomorph again. He's like, we're done with that. We did that. I did that 40 years ago. Let's not yeah. do that again. Let's use the, th- the themes of Alien and also, by the way, just Blade Runner because he's just making sequel, kind of making sequels to, prequels to both movies. Yeah, He's moving those two worlds real close to each other, right? even though he can't really do that yeah. because they're owned by different companies. Ah. So, But he's taking a lot of the same ideas and he's just exploring like what what he wants, what he's interested in as he becomes an older man who is questioning his own humanity and what it means to be, what it means to be human and what it means to create life and what our responsibilities are and all that kind of stuff, right? That's what he's interested in. Yeah, I didn't think about that at all. But Prometheus comes out and it does okay, mm. enough that they want to make another one, but when they make the, make the next one, they're like, you have to put the fucking alien in it. Yeah. People want to see the alien. And then Covenant, and I fucking also- love Covenant, Love covenant. The most dangerous person in those movies is the android. Exactly. It's David. Yeah, yeah, it's not the we're alien. So off. We're so Sorry, off yeah. But, Sorry. but yeah, but no, I, that's how I feel about it. So I think Ridley is trying to do 
he's never Ridley's never going to make Prey, right? But Ridley is trying to take his sandbox in a different direction. Yeah, and okay. unfortunately, because of the fact that he wants to make that, this is the other thing about Prey. Ridley wants to make his movies at a hundred and fifty million dollar budget, hundred million dollar mm. budget. Prey was made for like fucking. I don't have the budget in front of me. It was made for like ten million dollars. Yeah, that's so that you can mad. take you can take risks at that level. Yeah, which I think is what you should be doing with some of these like longer running franchises. Is give young filmmakers who are hungry, who are like really good at what I they take do. Alien off Ridley, though. lower, but well, they have already. It's there's going to be a new Alien movie. Oh, really? Yeah, of course there is. There's an Alien TV show coming in in 2023 or 2024, and then and then there's a, the Fox are actively developing a new movie. So that has that is a sequel to. Alien Resurrection will follow, keep going on forwards with the movies. Covenant didn't make enough money to justify him making a third movie in that series. Right, okay. They've kept him on as an executive producer because he's Ridley. Yeah. But they're going to move those stories in a different direction. Interesting. And number four, Scream. Yay. Yeah. Saw that coming. You do, you've always loved this Scream. Oh, Scream's, so my, you, hey. Scream's my thing. Well, it's, not it, well, always, but yes. Scream's Wes Craven. Yeah. And I've loved Wes Craven since I was a small child because of A Nightmare on Elm Street. He created Nightmare on Elm Street and then he reinvented the slasher genre with, with Scream for, yeah. the mon, for the modern era. I think I've only seen one and two. Right. And then the and then the new one. So Wes passed, obviously passed away. So this is the first Scream movie not directed by Wes Craven. Okay. So it has a lot of expectation on it. Also talk about a series that has a bunch of legacy characters. Yeah. Way too many legacy characters. That doesn't mean they have to do certain things though. It does. Um, <laughs> Is there a difference in This movie was, was directed by a filmmaking collective called Radio Silence, who started as YouTubers. It's two dudes who, it's a, it's a producing and directing team. Oh, right. I thought right. there was like 10 directors. No, like, no, what? no. So there's two directors, but there's also producers. And so collectively they call themselves Radio Silence. Okay. And I didn't write down their, their, their individual names. They made a movie called Ready or Not with Samara Weaving. Yeah, that was fucking good. I fucking good. loved that yeah. movie. That movie was such a good time. That movie was so my jam. Okay. It ends with Samara weaving covered in blood, giving people the finger. Like that is just like totally my totally my shit. Yeah, right? it definitely is. And um I had very high expectations and they knocked it out of the park. They made a fantastic scream movie in the tradition of Wes Craven. Yeah. They have already finished shooting the next one. Yeah. I hope it's really different. I hope they okay. pull a Halloween ends. I hope they pull a prey. I want to see those guys take Scream and strip it down and, re- and reinvent it and do something completely different with yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Because that's where I feel like, again, it's a series that is overburdened with legacy characters. I'm kind of happy Nev Campbell's not in the new one. Yeah, right. I feel like it gives them permission to go in a different direction and not be so so stuck with those characters. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, those movies have like a core three main characters who survived way longer in that series than Neve, they should have. the sheriff, and, and what's her name? Connie Cox. Connie Cox, yeah. So they survived a lot longer in that in that series than they should have. Yeah. Any other any other slasher movie would have killed them, would have killed yeah. them off. But because Wes kept on was making movies with his family, with people that he loved, they kept them alive for much longer than they should have. It's yeah. time for those movies to move past those characters and go into, if you're going to keep making those movies and they're going to keep making those movies, yeah, man. it's time to go in a, go in a different direction. Yeah, I really true. hope that they do with the new screen. Number three, The Batman. Fear is a tool. When that light hits the sky, it's not just a goal. It's a warning. I've been trying. 
I still haven't seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 is, is it, it that good? Is it because it's three hours? It's just because, like, it came out. You know when movies come out and you're busy and then you don't see them immediately? And, and then it takes you forever to get to yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand that. I was so keen to see it when it came out. So it's way too fucking long. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for it to be three hours. It right. is so long. I hear the Riddler is fucking amazing. Matt Reeves, who is the director of that movie, he directed the last two of the most recent Apes movies and also Cloverfield and started as a TV writer and director on Felicity with Kerry Russell. I kind of love Cloverfield. I fucking love Cloverfield. Yeah. Cloverfield's great. Yeah. Cloverfield's amazing. He turns Bruce Wayne into goth Kurt Cobain. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, and actually I uses, mean, that's kind of who... Um, he actually uses a Nirvana song as... As who, Bruce Wayne's who thing. plays Batman? Robert Patterson. That's kind of who Robert Patterson is. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he uses an actual Nirvana song yeah, on man. the soundtrack, and it's part of the score Fuck for, yeah. for his Bruce Wayne. And he Fuck, that's another he remixes he remixes Finch's Seven and Zodiac and adds big The Crow energy. Wow. And it's great. It does kind of feel like a crow, like from watching feels, the trailer, so it does throw, kind of feel crowy. So fucking throwbacky. Okay. That's correct. Yeah. What did you say? Zodiac. 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 I mean, the Riddler now, is basically not making a Zodiac your list. Killer. It not making your list. How do you feel about it? It was almost on my list. Oh, really? One of the Are you a big Batman pe- person? No. And it still almost made your list. It was a good time. Okay. I enjoyed it. I didn't. We watched, didn't, it, in, yeah. we watched it in one hour chunks with Kira. Yes, we did. Oh, yeah. We turned it into Is television. that because she was sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> now- I've talked a little bit less about that movie than I have some of the previous, but there's mm. a reason for my top three because there is a commonality to my top three movies. Okay. And I want to talk about that. Sure. So two is Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, it's an absolute fucking roller coaster. Like it Fantastic. is just, it's a mission movie and it has great characters. Mission movie. And the mm. interaction between them. It's also a legacy sequel. I hear it, it takes on everything good from the first movie, but doesn't. Like, it also departs in good places. it took my fucking breath away from me. Wow. Like, I hate Tom Cruise the person. I adore Tom Cruise the filmmaker. Yeah, same. It just, that movie gave me that, like, feeling in my chest. Like, oh my God, I'm in, like, not like I'm in danger, but I was, like, physically thrilled by that movie. Yeah, you're on the edge of your seat, your heart was pumping. There's 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 a particular part in the end of the movie in one of the final dogfights where they pull off this move, right, that kind of comes out of nowhere. And my heart, like I felt my stomach lift like I was in a plane, like I was yeah. on a roller coaster. And movies don't give have that reaction on me very often. The way Maverick's, Maverick's arc between the two movies and then through Maverick, Top Gun Maverick is incredible. Like Tom Cruise is actually playing Maverick. Like he's not just mm. being Tom Cruise doing Tom Cruise shit. He is Maverick and he is Maverick that many years later having made the decision. So they've thought about the Maverick his, having growth his, off, off his screen. His arc is like fucking incredible. Okay. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. Fuck, I really do have to watch yeah. it. I'm and really then, to watch it. It's completely worth it. Yeah. And then there is a line of dialogue that chokes me up. Yeah. Which is talk to me, dad. Which will make sense within the context of the. Of it's got to be Goose's you, boy, right? When you see the movie, I'm not saying anything. And okay. then number one, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Nobody's surprised, and it deserves it. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It also, it's funny, it's beautiful, 
it also destroys me emotionally. I cried in the cinema yeah. alone. Like I, at the end of that, laundry and taxes, man. Like I don't understand how in the same movie there's a gag about someone jumping in the air and landing, landing on, on a, a dildo, dildo. Yeah. and they can still have the emotional weight to make me cry. There's also a puppet, ra- puppet, puppet raccoon that controls a person. <laughs> and there's and sausage there's, fingers. And there's hot dog hands. Yeah. I, and, yet the movie, and yet the movie made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, it just destroyed me. Like I sat in a cinema, I sat in the cinema, just felt like somebody had taken a hammer and chisel to my heart. Yeah. Like it, it just got me. It got me so good. And I got on my, so when I go and see a movie on my own, I often go late at night. I ride my motorcycle. Yeah. I got on my motorcycle and rode in the night, just overwhelmed by yeah. the experience that I had just had. That's awesome. And had this kind of like, transcendent moment of wow so isn't art movies like the best thing ever yeah like we should wow, just stop cinema we should just stop making movies now yeah and then got home and sat in the dark for 40 minutes how like does, i got home and sat in the dark for 40 minutes guys how does a movie like that that is so weird so not the norm have its cultural cultural moment because it it came it's just here the with movie a big we, punch and then it kind of everyone goes yep that's the best movie and moved on it's the post covid movie we needed it it's the is, catharsis yeah. for the last fucking bullshit that we've had since twenty yeah since that just gave me goosebumps yeah it's right. true now I want to talk about the com- com- commonality between all these three movies because they seem like very different movies one of them is a very low budget movie mm. you have Tom Cruise making a legacy sequel and you have like the fucking how many iterations of fucking Batman yeah right? uh, a franchise that will never die they'll just keep making Batman yeah there will there will be Batman for but as long as we are alive yeah that's the right? beauty of Batman yeah. So the commonality between the top three for me is even though they are all movies of varying scale that are packed with visual effects, every single one of them feels handmade. They feel yeah. a, they feel authentic even and Maverick. they feel handmade. Even Top Gun Maverick. Well, because they do the stunts Because for they real. do the stunts, a lot of the stunts for real. Uh, so good, good call. The directors of Everything Everywhere All at Once, the Daniels, yeah. the directing team called, called Daniels, are literally making everything themselves. There's footage wow. in those movies they shot on their iPhones. So all the war, you know, when they do the warping between the different dimensions. It's so cool. The technique for that is just fantastic. He just did this little thing where he took his iPhone and anytime he was in interesting location with light, he just shot on his phone and walked forward a little bit. And then they stitch all those things together to create this feeling that you were moving through multiple universes. Wow. And, And they did all the VFX themselves. And it's just playing on screens next to her. Yeah. While she moves. What the fuck? The, the, it's so handmade. Like everything in that movie is so much lower tech than you think it is. They tried to work with a traditional visual effects house. And when they talked about how they like to work and the fact that they like to put their hands on shots themselves. So they work with visual effects, a couple of visual effects guys, but they also know visual effects. So they like to get in there and fuck around in after effects and stuff. And the big, the big effects companies were like, that's not how our pipelines don't work like that. We can't really allow you to do that and whatever. And so they were just like, well, we'll just do it ourselves. So they spent the entire That's fucking they, incredible movie was shot kind of during pandemic. They actually were shut down with like a week to go. So they then spent most of the pandemic finishing the movie themselves on their fucking home computers. Wow. And then finally ended up getting back together to finish all the extra shots they needed. There's some stuff of Michelle Yeoh that was shot in a studio in London with them via Zoom. Like it's just- What the fuck? It's just, it's just incredible. Right. And then take Joseph uh, Kaczynski, who's the director of Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. And that the fact that they had to invent, they had to invent cameras to be able to put cameras in those planes and shoot. Hectic. They had to figure out how to separate the lens from the sensor. from the sensor. 
the fact that they they took a break in the middle of filming for like six months to develop technology yeah and then came back and then the fact that that movie sat on a shelf for three years that movie was finished in movie was finished in 2020 no yeah but they wanted to release it on the biggest screens that they could so they held it so they held it back for two years wow because tom cruise was also like yeah you're not putting that on streaming so it's handmade in a different in a different way right and then batman is literally the whole aesthetic is like hand stitched leather everything looks like Batman actually made it. This isn't Christopher Nolan's Batman that gets his tech from Lucius Foss. This isn't Affleck's Batman. It's never explained how. Yeah. Because he's Ben Affleck. Because he's Ben Affleck. Because I'm Batman. This is this is like I built the Batmobile with with a wrench by like putting two cars together. Yeah. And it's shot that way too. It's shot. There's a car chase that is that uses subjective POV hard mounted two car cameras. Mad that you feel the engine. Mm. It's like Fury Road level yeah, okay. of like feeling it instead of floaty Russian arm swooping around camera stuff. There's just a technique that is like everything in this world is going to feel used and handmade like seven And they do like all that stuff with, with the backgrounds on the, yeah. on the screen so that the actors have something to play against. And yeah. So they used, they used a lot of oh. the new LED technology, the, vo- the volume, which is like those giant LED screens that the Mandalorian stagecraft technology, which is what the Mandalorian right. used, where they use game engines to create live huh. background plates that, know that. that also move in parallax to camera. So they're tracked by the camera and when you move, they, the background adjusts like a real camera. So you can see around things, you know what I mean? Instead of it being Very a flat cool. image. Yeah. They also use those for car chases. Uh, so they put the car on a motion rig and then, and then they've got the led screen and the led screen is either playing back like video game footage or real footage. And then, so they're shooting all the interaction and the fire lot, kind of the light live that creates this very realistic thing. There's a shot of the penguin that is from his point of view as he's driving away from an explosion. And it is an LED screen behind behind him, but it feels real. Okay. Yeah. And so there's still a lot of visual effects, uh, as I've talked about. I think that actually these three movies and thinking about the three movies has kind of coalesced something that that is. I try to wrap my head around it because I'm not anti visual effects. I'm not anti CGI. I'm anti things feeling artificial. Yeah. What I want is authenticity. What I want is things to feel like they were made by people. Mm. And all three of those movies feel handmade to me. Okay. In a way that maybe that's not the right way to describe it, but that's how it feels. That's my best it's my best take on it right that's now. That's a that's a really great thesis on your top three movies, I feel. Um I and don't wanna a, I don't wanna list. derail the track at all. You can <laughs> cut this, put this in earlier. Surprise nope isn't on your list. Okay. Movies very briefly, movies I did not see. Oh. Number one, nope. Yeah, I figured you would love that. I just couldn't bring myself. So I loved Us. Yeah. Us is actually, I like Us better than I like Get Out. Okay. Us is like fantastic. It's so my jam. Okay. Uh, for starters, it starts on the same boardwalk as Lost Boys and they make a reference to the Lost Boys in the first 10 seconds. I was like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever okay. you do from now, you have my goodwill. <laughs> so. All right. I just never got around to it and I, 
have sat down to go, maybe I should watch that right now a few times. I've done that so many times with Nope. And I haven't done it. Yeah. Okay. Also my list that I didn't get to, but might've been on the, this is my list of movies that might've been on this list. Sure. If I had actually gotten to them. So yeah, Nope is one of them. Barbarian movie called Fresh. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Mm. Glass Onion. Yeah. Which is Knives Out 2, which I missed. It was in cinemas fucking last oh, did week. It? Has that come out? No. Well, so it's it was in cinemas for a week before it opens on Netflix next week. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's in cinemas. I should get around to seeing that. And then I didn't because I'm an idiot. Bones and All, which is in cinemas at the moment that I haven't had a chance to see yet. 3,000 Years of Longing. George Miller's follow-up to Mad Max Fury Road that was oh, shot in Sydney. I just didn't get to it. Yeah, it's surprising. I didn't, didn't know that, that was out. Yeah, it's it's a, it's you can rent it right now Fuck. digitally. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which opens in a couple of next week or the week after on Netflix. Mm. A movie called Duel. Um, it's the follow-up movie by a guy named Riley Stones who made The Art of Self Defense, which is like, which is just such a fucking great time. I'm really excited to see a second movie. That was the one with Jesse Eisenberg where he goes and learns karate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he made another movie. It has the exact same tone. He does this thing where he has this tone where everybody speaks like their inner thoughts out loud. Yeah. As a style, as a style of like filmmaking. Okay. And it's, it's just, it's really hard to describe. You have to see Art of Self-Defense. Okay. And and Jewel, I, I didn't get to, but it's similar. I didn't see the new Fletch movie, Confess Fletch, which I really wanted to see. Because I like John Hamm and those books are fun. Glorious, which is a, a low budget movie on Shutter that I started watching and really enjoyed the first twenty minutes of, but fell asleep, and then never and then never got back to. But it's about a guy who maybe finds something uh, cosmically dark in a glory hole in a public restroom. <laughs> Violent Night, the the Santa Santa, Claus. Oh, Santa yeah. is John McClane Man. versus terrorists. That yeah, who's Santa. playing Santa? It's uh, David Harbour. So Hellboy and uh, yeah. uh, Stranger Things. And he's in a Marvel movie about it. I don't know which one. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. And Kids vs. Aliens, which is a movie that apparently is a throwback to the Kids on Bikes movies of the 1980s. But the kids swear a lot and get covered in viscera as they fight aliens. Yeah, yeah. man. From Jason Eisner, who is the writer-director of Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh, heck And is also, for the last bunch of years, been working on Dark Side of the Ring. He's one of the creators oh, right. of Dark Side of the Ring. Directors of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, it's an indie movie. It started What's playing- Dark Side of the Ring? It's a, it's a wrestling It's a wrestling TV ah. show. It's an, in, it's an indie movie that's played at festivals. As far as I know, it hasn't made it to Australia yet, so there's almost no chance of me seeing it this year. But I just kind of know from what I've heard about that movie that it would have ended up on my best of the year list. And then very briefly, television. Television. Brody doesn't have a television list. I don't really. I've been watching Wednesday, but I wouldn't say that's one of my favourite shows. The Resort. Yeah. Oh, The Resort was great. Yep. The Resort was the fucking resort fantastic. Was Resort's yeah. on my list. Forgot let's, that came out this year. Well, let's not just do, we won't do each of us. We'll just kind of just go, go random. Go, yeah. kind of go random. Uh, my other uh, obvious, I'll leave the one that's obviously for you, but I quite enjoyed Inventing Anna, which um, you did not watch. No, I didn't watch that. I got so really the, into it, but I, know the story. I didn't it's that watch. Ho- the hoax lady. Yeah. The Russian hoax lady. I didn't watch the last couple of episodes. I fell out of it. Yeah, After, it gets a little yeah. bit it gets a little bit um repetitive in the middle, but it was an interesting way to tell that story yeah. and it unfolds nicely. Yeah, very and true. I, I got it was one it's a very binge worthy show, so yeah. I I finished it in like a week. I don't think this counts, but I really liked this season of Cobra Kai. Uh, it's meant to be new TV. Yeah. But, but yeah. But it came out this year, this season, and it was good. It was better than the last. It was so better than the last. That's one. why I got a kinda honorable mention of that. Sure. 
uh, winning time about the Lakers in the 1970s. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. I didn't see it all. But Sport. Yeah, but it's shot in a really interesting way. It is. So they shoot film. Okay. They also shoot on television cameras from the era. Okay. So they switch to like 4.3 and it's all this chromatic aberration and shitty looking television Yeah, the footage. texture is really interesting. So it's just great. And also the storytelling. So it's a lot of talking to camera. It's John C. Riley, a lot of talking to camera. Talk That's camera. cool. Now, also a, a TV show that has had some pushback from the people that were actually there to go, yeah, your show is kind of bullshit historically. <laughs> but the style and technique was worth me like sticking it out. I had a good time. I hope there's another, there's another season. Sandman? Yeah, we haven't finished that, but it's great. Oh, I stopped watching it. It was just too much. I can Have understand that. you read the that. comics? No. So I'm a massive fan of the comics. Oh, okay. I didn't realise it was based on a comic. Neil Gaiman. I didn't know Neil Gaiman. Is it it's a Neil Gaiman com- show? It's his yes. comic. It's his comic. Oh, wow. Okay. Called The Sandman. So okay. The Sandman comic is the style of comic that I got into when I was a kid. I've never been into superheroes, uh, but I love comics and Sandman was totally my jam. Okay. So it's, yeah, I, I'm not going to describe Sandman to you. And you've seen the episode, so you kind of know what it is. Yeah, I was really it scared. Was, it, it was, was in, good. That is a, something that has been in very different stages of production since the nineties. They finally got to it and it's a Netflix TV series and they actually did it right. Yeah. It's good right. adaptation. Yeah, um, I was worried about it not being. Yeah. Because I knew how upset Cam would be if it was a bad adaptation. Yeah, sure. Well, I already had the loved. experience that something else that I love was adapted and we watched the first episode and I just yelled at the television for oh, an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to say what the fuck that is. Yes. The one show that I do have that I really loved this year was a spin-off from Letter Kenny, which is Shawzy, which is like, if you guys would know, my D&D character is based off uh, characters from Letterkenny. So the Shawzy show was fucking amazing. And it actually has this incredible amount of heart to it. It's so good. It's so good, guys. He goes and coaches a ice hockey team. Is that? Yeah. yeah. It's, I it, don't even know. I don't know how I came across that in the last like three or four <laughs> days, but I did and I don't know why. Oh, you know what it was? I saw an ad for it on SBS. Yeah. Because it airs on SBS. Yeah. And I was like, mm, that seems like- The Shawzy character in Letterkenny is just this absolute- Asshole, but he gets his own spin-off character and he's so funny. And he there's one thing I will say about it is there's this woman character that he is just obsessed with and loves in the most wholesome, positive way. And every time they talk, they just have this banter in between them. He's like, Oh, I'd be so good to you. Just give me a go. Just give me I'd be I'd I'd take such good care of you. <laughs> and he's just begging for a shot. It's so cute. Did you watch the Halo show? Oh, no, I would never. I, hate, um, I don't like the video I game. Love Halo. I don't like okay. the mythology of the video game and have no interest whatsoever. Oh, it's such a good world. Okay, cool. Ah, oh, really? I've never liked it. The Peripheral adaptation of the William Gibson novel. It's fantastic. It's great. Big budget Amazon science fiction show um, with Chloe Moritz. The Peripheral? Peripheral? Yeah, I've seen the beginning What's of it on? Them, Amazon. Yeah. Speaking of good adaptation, Interview with the Vampire. Really? Yeah, we're few, good? yeah. We're in the, I'm only a few it. episodes in, but it's really good. Right, so I watched the whole season and I loved it so much that I'm re watching it with Kira. She's only seen the first two. Fuck and yeah. So good. It is, Fuck yeah. It is, when I talk about good adaptation and bad adaptation, that is good adaptation. Fuck yes, it doesn't, guys. It takes the material and it brings it into the modern time and it elevates it and it doesn't get rid of stuff just to get rid of it to invent new material that doesn't work. It takes what's there and expands it and makes it wonderful. 
Nice. It's so good. It's so good. And then last on the list, which is the one that Kira has kind of already mentioned, which I probably wouldn't have mentioned last because Interview with the Vampire, I think is my favorite TV show of the year. But um, uh, Mike Flanagan's The Midnight Club. The Midnight Club. Which is about. So it's an adaptation of a Christopher Pike novel. Christopher Pike being the young adult author that is responsible for my entire being as a writer. Yeah. And... I had waited my entire life for somebody to adapt Christopher Pike. I had written a script that adapts arguably, several of Christopher Pike's Arguably. Books. I haven't seen this show, but I feel like it's going to- It's a different take. Okay. I wrote a love letter. I didn't adapt Christopher Pike's work. Yeah. I wrote a love letter to Christopher Pike that took elements of some of his, his novels and then transmuted them through myself to create something new, right? Yeah, true. This is a straight adaptation of one of his, one of his novels that then draws in stories from his other novels. It's about a bunch of kids- that have cancer at a hospice. Yeah. They get, they get together. Well, that's the thing I loved about Christopher Pike is it was, it was dark for young adults and it told stories that were depressing. Not even, not even a little bit. They get together every night at midnight and tell stories, create ghosts so that they can keep on living, keep on living after they're gone. That's cool. And of course there is a greater mystery. Now, unfortunately it was canceled. That's a shame. Because Mike Flanagan's deal with Netflix has come to an end and he's negotiated a new deal with Amazon. So he will be moving to ah, Amazon cool. to make movies and TV shows, but there will not be a second season of The Midnight Club. That's a shame. I just want to give a shout he out did. to Andor, which apparently is also great, but I haven't seen. I haven't seen it either. I'm, mm. I'm long done with Star Wars. Same. Mike Flanagan has posted on his Tumblr. Yes, there is still somebody using Tumblr, keeping the lights <laughs> on the Tumblr. And it's Mike Flanagan. And it's Mike Flanagan. He has posted on his Tumblr, his rough outline for what season two and the end of the show would have been. Sounds so fantastic. If you, so if you're interested, you can go and check that out on his Tumblr. I don't know. Just search Mike Flanagan Tumblr. It's probably the only one that exists. Yeah. But just, yeah, the, the, hey show's, kids, the show's Tumblr? fantastic. Like, yeah, the show's really great. It's, it's the Mike characters are great. The, the story, the way it's presented is great. And obviously anything Mike Flanagan does is great because we love all these shows. But yeah, okay. we really do. Have you seen his other stuff? No. No, you need to see all seen of them. Again. Haunting okay. of Hill House, Haunting of Blind Manor, Midnight Mass, man. Oh, so it's horror. Well, yeah, it's horror adjacent. Okay, Midnight Mass is one thing that I've actively avoided. And but it's not- Haunting on Hill House is something I've heard on podcasts and I've been like, that sounds fucking terrifying. But I don't not. want to. It's, so he, like all good- genre creators uses the artifice of his genre to tell a story that is not about that thing. Haunting of Hill House is about families and generation and generational grief that happens to be a ghost story. Yeah. Right? Okay. Midnight Mass is about small towns and religion and what it means what it means to be alive and human and the things that we will do to each other to Yeah. To Haunting on Hill House feels like it would break me. So because Midnight Club got cancelled in order to deal with my own pain. I started watching Midnight Mass again and I've rewatched the first two episodes and I was just like, holy shit, this is like yeah, so Yeah, it's fantastic. Good. I'm looking forward to continuing to watch that with you. <laughs> oh, you well, okay, so I can't watch it without you? No. <laughs> yeah, you did ask me what episode I was up to and I was like, fuck, this is going to have to wait for you now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good thing I didn't watch three last night on my own. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's And that's it for the year. So we're, we will be back. When will we be back? Uh, the idea is to be back sort of end of January, beginning of February. I don't want to put a date on it in case we decide to push it a week. Yeah. But, um, but we'll be gone for at least four or five, four or five yeah. weeks. So we'll be gone for, for January, essentially. Thank you for sticking with us whilst we found our feet. Yeah. Podcasting. Feet? So, we have feet. 
<laughs> we do. In the meantime, we'll still be around on social media, which you can follow us at Weekend Video and Instagram don't like, and Twitter. Don't subscribe. But don't do, come back next year. Do Leave do us the fuck things. alone. Kim no. may have actually updated our letterbox with all of our reviews by the time we come back. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll yeah. see. Well, we really should do that. So next Christmas we can do a proper review like Kim did. <laughs> Of our own, yeah. Yes. We should we should make our yeah. own accounts and actually keep it updated, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a great idea. That yeah, way, that, that sounds way. like a great idea. That way you wouldn't just have to Google movies that came out in 2022. <laughs> yeah, which is what just, I had yeah, to do. Oh, yeah, that's it. We're going to wrap this shit up because we're going to get the fuck out of here. Love All you guys. Right. Bye. See you next year. Scene. Happy New Year. Scene.